Welcome to On Olive Oil, hosted by Curtis Cord, the publisher of Olive Oil Times. Featuring 30-minute discussions with people throughout the world, sharing their unique perspectives on the ever-changing olive oil landscape. This week's guest is the celebrated Spanish chef, Maria Jose San Roman. But the Spanish chefs, they are tough, but not the boys. They are using, but they are not getting as much potential as I do in my kitchen. Now, from New York City, here's Curtis Cord. Maria Jose San Roman, renowned chef and restaurateur, whose Michelin-starred Monastrell in Alicante is considered among the best restaurants in Spain, has been a passionate international ambassador of her native gastronomy, an expert in her beloved spice saffron, and cooking with Spanish monovarietal extra virgin olive oils. We spoke with Maria Jose in Alicante. Maria Jose, welcome. Hello, Curtis. So for some time now, I think you said ever since you met Brigida Jimenez Herrera, who we both know is one of the most accomplished olive oil sensory experts in the world, it was then that you began to develop an understanding of olive oil and how to use it in your kitchens. Is that right? Yes, you are very right. I was happy to meet her is about 10 years ago because they want me to talk about olive oil or be an olive oil chef. And I really thought at that time I knew quite a lot about olive oil, but it, I wasn't right. She put me on the way, for sure. I have listened to big-time chefs repeat some of the same misinformation for years, that you shouldn't cook with extra virgin, for example. And they describe the best olive oils using characteristics like smooth or silky, I've heard, for example. <laughs> if chefs don't take the time to learn about such an important and beneficial food, is there any hope that consumers will ever get it? Oh, yes, they will, because they don't know about what they're talking. When, they, when they're not concerned, it's because they never use the right one. I was so impressed in Paris last month, uh, a la grande pizzerie. I went to the olive oil uh, department, and uh, most of them were flavors, flavor olive oil. Mm. Cinnamon, lemon peel, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, what about olive oil? Where is it? It was a, not even a 10% of the show was the real one. So what is the point of making such a beautiful uh, product with uh, varietals and then mixing with lemon or cinnamon or so many things? Smoke, uh, I don't believe in that. But uh, the society is going there, and we have to do a lot of work to prevent that they never discover the real one. You hang out with a lot of very important chefs, especially in Spain, which happens to be, I think, these days the center of the culinary world, it seems. How many of the chefs that you uh, communicate with do you think understand olive oil and are using it for its full potential? Uh, not many. I'm so sorry to say that, but uh, maybe I get more people listening outside of Spain. Because, you know, when you are good on something, and when you have something very near, you don't care. I don't know, it, it may happen in other... Um, when you have something since ever, you think you know the product and you don't listen. If I talk to people in Norway about olive oil, they will open their ears and they will absolutely believe in 
every single word I said I said about olive oil. But the Spanish chefs they are tough on olive oil. <laughs> they are using, but they are not getting as much potential as I do in my kitchen. Because they're so familiar with it. They are so familiar with it. They are happy with what they have. They don't think they need to know more. That's a problem. And in places where they are not making olive oil themselves and where this is a, a new product that they are trying, their ears are more open, you say? Of course. They are crazy. I have a Stuart Cameron in Canada. He's the best chef in Canada this year. And he's so crazy about olive oil. He's as crazy as I am. But he's very much concerned about freshness. You know, he will love to have uh, every six months coming the new oils from the other part of the world. So he's really concerned. He appreciates the flavors. He knows a lot. And he travels to see me to know more about it. He's very much uh, interested in the product. I'm talking about Cameron, but I could say uh, in London, I, I, know, I know I have more success in non-producer countries, of course. Yes. Maria Jose, are cooking schools to blame? Are you seeing olive oil programs in culinary schools? Not as much as I I would like to. I'm sorry, but you're talking to the to the most exigent chef in olive oil world. There must be many, many, many unknown chefs that really use the olive oil the way I do. But uh, in on the top ones, they're not talking about this. They are no. not concerned. No. I'm sorry for that. Hmm. And is there any outreach to the administration of culinary schools that, that you are aware of? Is anybody contacting culinary schools to introduce uh, such programs? It is, after all, a very important food. Oh, yes, of course. We're, they are continuously doing... Uh, I'm going to Madrid on Tuesday to talk about this. I was in Ibiza uh, a month ago, also... Ibiza was very much concerned about my my speech about the qualities of olive oil because they are starting to grow olive oil after they left the production for so many years. And now they want to take it back because they don't want to be a discotheque uh, <laughs> island. They want to be known also for the gastronomy. Hmm. So some very good producers are starting to make olive oil again, and they really want to make it good. It's not um, just uh, normal agriculture people, but they are rich people investing a lot of money on going back to their roots. And they are really concerned. They are making very good olive oil, and they appreciate the quality, and they appreciate when I talk to them about how good it could be if it was good. So I think... It, it will come. I know we don't have uh, the best present, but I know we have a future for sure. And what about consumers in Spain, which, after all, produces almost half of the world's olive oil? How many people, for example, know to pair certain varieties with foods to bring out the best in their dishes? Well, I think particular people, private people, are more interested than uh, professionals. Because professionals are only thinking, sometimes they only think on the cost. And uh, Spanish olive oil can be very cheap and very good quality. But when you increase a little bit the quality, it can be a little bit more expensive. It's the same case as saffron. Everybody talking about how expensive it is. But they, can, they cannot see how many benefits they get out of it. Yeah, let's talk about bit. saffron for a minute. I know it's, an, it's one of your other <laughs> passions. 
Uh, and uh, what is it about saffron which which caught your attention? Well, because it's again another product that is in our gastronomy since ever. We were the be- the number one producers in the world many many years ago, and it was in all the recipes before the 15th century. All the Spanish recipes had a little bit of saffron. And why it was like this? It because it was an, an answer of the other flavors of the food. But after, I think it's after the, the Spanish War, we were we were really poor country, and people stopped buying expensive goods like uh, saffron, and they changed it into color, artificial coloring. Hmm. But again, it's a lot of... Um, there's not much knowledge about how to use it. People think uh, it's expensive, which is uh, not true for sure, and they don't know how to measure. So what I started working at, it was how to measure suffering, which was a big goal because you always pinch a few threads. Some people even say three threads, five threads, hmm. which is difficult to count if you want to make food <laughs> for a hundred. So I thought it was better to dissolve grams in water, making an infusion, that's what I do. Mm. And then you can dissolve one gram of saffron, easy to buy, in 250 milliliters of water, and you have to infuse for four hours at 65 Celsius. And then that's the saffron I have in my kitchen. I don't have threads. I only have this liquid, and I use it for half of the things I do in my restaurant. I always add a little bit of saffron. And uh, when you try the dish with or without, it makes a, a, a very, a, it makes a big difference. So why not use saffron? And then you can add saffron to, your, to, your, to the name of your recipe, which is amazing. What does it do to dishes? I think it enhances mm-hmm. the flavors. You know, it, it, it's like salt and pepper, you know, it, it comes up. Many things that you didn't realize they were there, they come up. So it's not like a, a layer of a different flavor on top of the dish, but in fact, it like extra virgin olive oil, it brings out the best flavors in the foods. That's it. You're very right. It enhances, it's, it's got its own flavor, but it's a flavor that for um, European, for Mediterranean gastronomy, means good. I mean, when, when we smell saffron, Everybody thinks, oh, it's yummy, it's good, it's uh, mommy's food or grandma's food. So why not using saffron uh, continuously? It's, uh, apparently, it's very good for blood circulation. And um, if for so many years it's been with us, and it's not something that grows uh, naturally, you have to plant it every year or every 10 years. It doesn't grow wild. It means, in a way... Is part of the our culture, and it's a need for the body probably. Have you ever tried making a saffron olive oil infusion? Oh no! I'm I, when I make saffron infusion, first I clean the oil <laughs> because I don't want to mix the flavors. Hmm. It doesn't it doesn't play. You know, saffron doesn't get the color in the olive oil. It's, an, it's not the lipid solution, so it only gives flavor. So again, what is the point of making olive oil with already a very important flavor with a new one? I prefer to use, to clean, you know, you can clean the flavors of the oil, any oil you use, and then I infuse the saffron to have 
just saffron in oil. But I don't think I need the olive oil as the extra. When your customers in Monastrell, for example, when they see the elaborate system, the olive-to-live system that you use to preserve and serve your select extra virgin olive oils in, what is their reaction to that when they see that? Oh, I mean, for me, I, I'm so glad to have this uh, tool because it's an added value to the restaurant. Uh, if I explain to them at the table about the olive oils and I just tell them they are kept in the olive tulip, they want to stand up and they want to come and they take pictures and they get crazy. I mean, they they love to know about uh this because it's so unique. Our listeners so might unique. not know that the Olive to Live is a uh, a storage device, really, which keeps a number of different extra virgin olive oils at a very specific temperature, and I believe with inert gas. Oh uh, yes. And it it holds the oil in a perfect environment until it is used, until the moment it is used. And it's called the Olive to Live system. I know that you have been working for years with Paolo Pasquale uh, yes, <laughs> on, this, on this program. Actually, I have four Olive to Lives in my restaurants. I have four restaurants and I have one in each of them. And you know what? Some people, they come, when I want to show the, the container, they think, I'm making the olive oil there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just imagine how far some people are from our world. No idea. No idea. Shall I tell you a funny story? Please. I'm not going to talk about the name of the people, but a, a very important man in your country. Uh, last month I was in New York. I will only say it was in New York, okay? Yes. <laughs> he said he is making food with olive oil tears. You know tears coming from the eyes? Yeah. Okay. Lagrima. Lagrima in Spanish. Lagrima. And I said, oh, what olive oil is this? Uh, I said, oh, you know, when, when they pick the olive oils, they put them all together in a place and the first dripping of the olives. Oh, no. They put it in a bottle and it's called tears <laughs> olive oh. oil. When, in fact, that's the fermentation which is happening. Oh, yes. For example, <laughs> I mean, absolutely no idea about what he was talking about. And he's a top, he's a top person in your country. I mean, he's in the gastronomy world. We need a name. No, no, I will never do that. <laughs> I will never do that, but I I, will, uh, I mean, he was... He's a New Yorker. He was... it, 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 uh, <laughs> it, it, it can be only one of eight million people, but... No, but it's a very reputed one. So I would never say the name, but uh, uh, for, for him, it was a honor to be with me. And actually, he's coming to visit me to know more about it. He was so excited when I explained how the olive oil were picked, how many kilos they need, they have to ground, they have to beat. And it's only after beating that you get the olive oil. And well, of course, I explained to him everything because I was learning from him about something that he really makes very well. But um, olive oil was um, undiscovered for him mm -hmm. until now. Mm -hmm. And those olive-to-live systems are throughout the world. For example, the Culinary Institute of America has one uh, on, their, yes. on their campus. Which oils do you currently have in, in your system now? Well, now uh, I just received the first, uh, the new um, Piquel from Oro de Bailen, hmm. which I must say is one of the really making every year's uh, 
same, same, same quality. You know, sure. you, you, it's a bet. It's a very good bet. And uh, they just arrived today. People get crazy because they can see the other two that didn't come uh, yet, the new ones. I have a Cornicabra from Cáceres. And I have a um, Arbequina, of course, because you always need to have an Arbequina. is the most familiar for people who doesn't have any idea about olive oil. They start on loving Arbequina. But uh, um, I'm changing during the year. I could have Ojiblanca and Picudo. I love Picudo too. Picuda is a very interesting one. And um, which foods do you put a Picudo on? Tomato sauce. Mm. <laughs> tomato sauce is so important. If you make the tomato sauce with five different ones, you can appreciate immediately that the Picudo is the best best one. And you can taste the flavor of the Picudo even after cooking the sauce because I always had the idea that heat evaporates the flavors to a great oh, degree. I make I make my my tomato sauce with um, first I cook the tomatoes and when they are really done I pass them through a sieve and it's the moment when I add the olive oil. Oh. That this prevents uh, a lot of flavors. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a pairing of uh, molecular flavors of the picudo and the tomato, but they absolutely play together. But it doesn't take much heat to to make the flavors of a nice extra virgin go away. Isn't that true? Well, it goes away. And uh, actually, the, more, the, the best results are always in cold, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, what about if you make uh, garlic prawns with uh, arbequina or piqual? It makes such a huge difference. And we are talking about frying, but mm. the taste is so different, so different. And for us in Spain, I will never use arbequina, of course, to make uh, garlic prawns. Never. And the difference is amazing with piqual. In New York... I listened to you describe how you deep fry potatoes in extra virgin olive oil and how delicious French fries can be. I know, oh my God. Yes. I know, I know what you mean because on a trip to Crete, I was treated to fresh local potatoes deep fried in Koroneki olive oil over mm. an open campfire, and it was delicious. And I now do that all the time. Um, of you, cor- you should try. You should try then Ojiblanca and Picual. Hmm. Because the the I think uh, Koroneki has uh, arbequina for me at two miles. You can you can fry, but it will be olive oil won't be won't have a real presence there. But Picual and Ojiblanca together, they will do a fantastic blend for fried potatoes. I have a lot of oil on hand, of course, a lot of really good olive oil from around the world that I don't have to pay for, but. <laughs> but you said that, in fact, you can use the same oil three or four times, and it can actually be economical. Of course, more than three or four times. Mm-hmm. Actually, there is a tool uh, for restaurants. I have a measure, something to measure when do I have to change the olive oil. The only thing I do every night is cleaning the olive oil. You can clean, you can filter the olive oil, but the uses are, I can use it for five days in the restaurant. And it will work perfectly. Hmm. It, 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 it really works. And uh, the results for me are better than with seed in all senses. But the big point is, the bigger point is that olive oil doesn't get into the product. If you deep fry fish, as we do in Spain, 
uh, you take them out of the fritter, the fryer, and no extra oil on the on the plate. It's clean, absolutely clean. Hmm. And also the potatoes, they don't get any fat on them. Interesting. That's the big difference. Mm-hmm. And before you received these delicious fresh oils from in your system now, before yes. you received those, you had still last year's oils. And how did those taste? They, they are very mild. Very all mild. of them, mm-hmm. all of them very mild. Uh, unfortunately, people like them when they are mild because mm-hmm. they have no, no they, they don't know the, the good ones. I'm waiting like crazy, and like you probably, for the new ones. But for people, they, they will say, oh, it's so mild. <laughs> when so even, you're a beginner. <laughs> even the very best olive oils in the world, kept under the very best environment, they change over the course of the year. They don't get bad. They never get bad, mm-hmm. but they get milder. Mild, mild, mild. Hmm. No, no more, no so many, no so fragrant, not so much taste, no spicy, no picante. <laughs> picante, how do you say? Spicy. Spicy, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. No more bitterness. All the bitterness is gone. All the spice is gone. Just a little flavor, very mild, but you can hardly recognize the original flavors of the cornicabra or the picudo or the... Even the Abikina is uh, gone. We first met in 2010. You and I met in Cordoba, where I watched uh, you make a presentation that I will never forget, a culinary presentation in front of uh, a big crowd. It was quite a large event. And uh, this was, of course, the Beyond Extra Virgin conference, Mm -hmm. uh, which does not happen anymore. What a pity, huh? Yes. (laughs) Is the focus on olive oil quality is this something that is still being sustained in Spain? Of course. Mm-hmm. So many people joining the quality now. Uh, you know, as, as, as it happens to you, to me, they're also sending me olive oil from all over Spain to taste. And I get so much surprise about the quality. It's getting so much better. The small producers getting um, more information about how to make the production because the olive trees are fantastic. We have the olive trees. It's only the time of picking and the way of making and the tools to make it better. But so many people are getting in this uh, quality because it's, it's not another way. Or you are on the high market or you are in very low and very low price. Uh, and if you are in the low price, you cannot live out of it. So people are taking the Oro de Belen, Maciel Altet, all the small producers making small amounts of very, very, very high quality. Marques de Grignon also doing very, very well. Duquesa de Alba also now doing very good. Even Alejandro Sanz, the singer, who was doing a terrible olive oil two years ago. Right. And I spoke, I spoke to him and I said, how can you do that? And only make 10,000 liters. I mean, do it well. And now I know this year he's making an amazing olive oil too. So... I think it's a matter of short time because people are getting to know that if they make it good, it's a very big market in the world. They they can sell olive oil to China, to Japan, to America. I mean, the world is very big of non-producers of olive oil. So they're getting to the high quality production. I think this is increasing a lot in Spain. Of course, it wasn't too long ago when things were very different in Spain and the uh, focus was on yield and on quantity rather than quality, oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. then but then there was a shift, 
And do you remember when that happened? Well, probably Beyond Extra Virgin was part of that. Mm. But um, uh, it comes also with the gastronomy revolution in Spain, that people are very concerned about food and about uh, gastronomy. And even, well, when we were talking about chefs, it's because I'm very strict <laughs> on my rules. Of course, there are people using uh, good quality olive oils, but it's not, it's not that they are so proud as I am. You know, for me, I'm always talking about that. They just use it as another ingredient, and they are not concerned. They don't know that they are using such a jewel in the kitchen. So I think it is coming with the revolution of the Spanish gastronomy around the world. It, it, it comes together. Now you wrote a cookbook for Saffron not too long I, ago. I've got my book, but it's not published because I don't have a publisher. Mm. Uh, everything is ready to go into, I don't know, I think it will be an iBook probably, but... Uh, I think what we but, need, I think what mm. we need even more than that is a, is a cookbook from Maria Jose San Roman on cooking with extra virgin olive oil. Okay, we can make it. I mean, I'm ready to, to do that. I just need the publisher, and I'm Brigida. I know Brigida will do that with me with big pleasure, and she will be a big goal. Well, count me in. <laughs> okay, you can be the promoter, and we are we are here to to put our part. Okay, with okay. great pleasure. It, I think it's what we need. It's what a lot of people need. Yes, I was talking about this with Peter Kaminsky in uh, in New York last uh, when we, last time I was there. And he was also interested in making the book. So he said, we could do it. And well, but no more about that. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I'm on your hands now. No, I'm very glad that you count on me for this because I enjoy being in, uh, being part of the olive oil world. I'm so happy to know about this product and I'm more than happy to share with everybody. Well, I was Thank thinking, you. I was thinking for this program on olive oil, the first one of the first things we needed to do was talk about olive oil in food and olive oil in dishes. And I thought about who can speak to this topic. And really, you, your name was the only one that occurred to me. You're the only one I thought of. And this tells you how few, even the best chefs in the world, of which you are among them, how few chefs can can talk about olive oil, can understand olive oil, and all that it can do and all that it should do. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. I hope to see you again uh, soon. Thank you, Curtis. I, I know you and I will reach them. On Olive Oil is produced in New York by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication. To listen to past episodes, visit onoliveoil.com.